And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's marvelous, monumental, most fascinating, massively mind-bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds in one accord to draw closer to the King of Kings and glorify his name. Confess! Eat the pie and eat it quickly. Why? Because if we don't, we'll still have to eat it slowly. Here's the reality. When something happens, we want to point blame elsewhere. Check out Adam blaming Eve and Eve blaming, blaming Satan. Check out the radio guy, David Spoon, looking for someone to blame for his leg other than himself. Rongo bongo. Denial is not just a river in Egypt. There is hope for Israel. There is hope for the church, and there is hope for me, and there is hope for you. God is the God of hope. Let's bring it before God and make an offering of a humble heart, and he will receive us, and he will restore us, and he will heal us, and he will love us. He never gives up on us. Love always protects and always trusts. And finally, we'll follow the advice. This means that we can't be so full of pride that we cannot hear. God places biblical guiders, various people in our lives at different times and at different venues to teach us, guide us, warn us, encourage us, direct us, challenge us to obey everything God has commanded us. Just because Jesus summarized the law doesn't mean that we can't attempt to that doesn't mean that we can attempt to sidestep anything that he taught us through his life and through his word. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of serving KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Yay! Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oive, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, in our show right now, as we are a little bit hamstrung technologically, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. Or you can text us, and that's 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Either one of those, if you've got something you want to share, something that I can kind of communicate to the people, maybe a prayer request or a praise report, we can still do it through, through email, through text. We'll still take care of it. Plus, we have our Bible trivia. By the way, here's your Bible trivia. How much hotter was the furnace turned up by the king when he was going to throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the furnace, how much hotter did he turn up the furnace? That's your trivia question, so you can send me an email 
Or, see, there's that other thing you can do. You can also send a text. See, so we've got more than one way to do this. That's kind of nice. Uh, and you got to tell me how much hotter you think it should be, how much hotter you think it should go, or how much hotter it went, according to the scripture. Uh, bottom line is, in our show, you can pretty much ask what you want. It's a little more difficult today because we don't have our open line going, but our show is not a professional radio show. It's just a radio show. This isn't your church. This is a fellowship. For some of you, it's a mainstay fellowship. It is for me. And in that, we want to encourage and strengthen one another, empower one another, bless one another. As we see the day of the Lord Jesus Christ coming closer and closer, we want to be strengthening one another in that process. The show is a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. Sometimes it comes off really, really good, and sometimes we're just surviving by the skin of our teeth. Either way, we're here for you, and we'll be praying for you. And you can always reach out to us on the website. Uh, Chris, that's not a clue to go to the website yet, just so you can know. But you can always go to our website, hemustincrease.org. Go there. If you have a prayer request, there's a little prayer request button up there, or it's a contact us button, something along those lines. Okay, our trivia question, how hot was the furnace turned up? by the king when he was dealing with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How much hotter did he decide he wanted to make that thing? In the meantime, before we get into our text, I want to share something personal, if that's okay with everybody. Okay? All right. So, the Lord, as you know, many of you know, I've been uh, laid up because I had some surgeries. Okay, so some people don't know, and if you're listening for the first time, sorry, you have to hear it through a phone, but I can't actually get down to the studio, so I'm doing this from, from my house. So I'm doing it through a phone, actually our phone in our room, one of our rooms. And in that surgery time, I've been told that I need to sit still. <laughs> and the first time I did the, the surgery and they told me to sit still, I didn't do that good of a job. I did such a bad job that I had to have a second surgery because I didn't listen when the first one was offered to me and I did that. So basically, after the first surgery, seven days later, I was driving on my, on my leg that I wasn't supposed to be moving on. So I'm in my second surgery now. I've done a much better job. Uh, uh, nurse Noel, that's my wife, has taken over. She's in charge, not allowing me to move when I'm not supposed to move. That doesn't mean I don't sneak in a movement every now and then, but she does a great job of watching me and making sure that I don't blow it. And so I'm a lot more confident that we'll get through it this time. But I want to share with you something the Lord shared with me on Saturday in my devotions. And then um, in the next hour, we'll get back into the text. But this is, I thought was quite fascinating. So we have this question that's up. Uh, the question is asked, how much uh, hotter was the furnace turned up for uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And people are answering that. And we'll get to that. But before that happens, and this is something I got a chance to share just briefly with Eric uh, when we were texting. Before that happened, there was this moment that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had this uh, confrontation with Nebuchadnezzar, the king. And in that confrontation, they said these few things that are very, very powerful. So I want you to listen. They said, number one, they said, we're not hesitant, or we don't delay, or we don't pull back from answering you, O king. In other words, they're going to tell it the way it is. And the, and the way it is, is they said, our God can deliver us from this fire that you're threatening us with. And then they said, and our God will deliver us from this fire that you're threatening us with. And then the next line they said, 
But if he doesn't, let it be known that we will not bow or serve any other God. So there's three things there that I want you to catch. They knew that there was a fire and that they were destined for that fire. And they made a factual statement about God. God can deliver us. Then they made a faith statement about God. God will deliver us. And then they made a surrender statement to God. But even if he doesn't, let it be known to you. There's three things there that work together that we need to be aware of for our circumstances. God can do anything. And our faith tells us he will do those things on our behalf. But our genuineness of faith must also say, but if he doesn't, that doesn't matter. So we have fact of God's power, faith that he will act in a way on our behalf, and then surrender if we're wrong. Not complain, not whine, not anything else, surrender. And while I'm reading this text, this I don't want to say it was the Lord, but it probably was the Lord. Maybe I should just say it is the Lord. This idea that faith leads to surrender. You have to have faith to get out of the boat, right? But you also have faith, genuine, active, real faith, to let go and to trust that wherever it's going to go, that's where God wants it to go. That's what these guys did. I, I, I cannot say that I, I do that. I just won't say it because I don't think I do. But they had faith to surrender. They had faith to say, yep, all right, well, even if it doesn't go that way, it doesn't matter. Their faith was so strong that it pushed past that if they didn't get what they wanted, it wouldn't change how they felt or how they engaged with God. Because God was still good, and they knew it. That was what I was ch- – I mean, if you could sit there and say, well, well boy, if I just got that, that'd be worth a, a surgery. I'm like, but it's a pretty good thing. What I would say to that is that you and I, in our Christian walk, we know that God can do it, and our faith says God will do it, but our faith in the surrender process might, must say, but even if he doesn't do it, it ain't going to change a thing. That's the kind of faith we need to have. Faith not just to get out of the boat, but when we have failed and it goes completely different than we desire, faith that says, yes, Lord, no matter what. Right? All right. How hot was the furnace turned up? How much hotter was the furnace turned up? Seven times hotter than normal. How hot was that? The army's strongest people, Nebuchadnezzar had an unbelievable army. Some of the strongest people in his army got taken out by the flames that shot out of the furnace. That is an incredibly hot, hot death scenario. And yet God is faithful, right? 
All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a short break, then we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The David Spoon Experience. There was a pastor. Now, I use that word with some reservation. Having been involved in uh, ministry and having the privilege of planting seven churches uh, throughout the United States and having three separate ordinations, I have a tremendous amount of respect for people who commit their lives into ministry. Uh, But whenever there's somebody on television or anywhere else that uh, is a nut job, then uh, I just call it like I see it. Okay, now that's what I call it. Call it like I see it. On the Sean Hannity show, uh, roughly about uh, two weeks ago, a reverend, so-called Reverend Oliver White was on the show, and uh, Reverend Wright said this, and I'm going to repeat it because some of these things are just unbelievable. He said that Jesus was wrong about marriage. At least he didn't have the audacity to say he never said anything about marriage. He said Jesus was wrong about marriage and that marriage should be more than between a man and a woman. And then he proceeded to say this statement, ladies and gentlemen. He said this. Now, this isn't even the thing that's irritating. Then he proceeded to say this. If Jesus were alive today, he said, he would say, I didn't know it all. This is a man who's supposed to be representing Jesus Christ as a minister. This guy's no minister. And if you want to say, well, that's judging, I'll take that judgment all day long. All day long, I'll take that judgment, no matter what anybody says. Here's a guy that says two things. One, Jesus was wrong about marriage. Two, if Jesus were alive today, any person who proclaims or professes to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ and questions whether Jesus Christ is alive today or not is not a minister, but a false teacher. I don't care. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you think that's mean. That's irrelevant. Facts are facts. And here's the thing that just overwhelms me. This overwhelms me, ladies and gentlemen. Any person who is in public office, now this goes with this. All three, three of these things go together. Any person who is in public office who changes their convictions about same-sex marriage Because another family member has made a decision to go into the lifestyle of being lesbian. Any person who changes their convictions, their biblical Christian convictions, based on another family member changing their status uh, into a, a gay or lesbian lifestyle, and then that person then changes their Bible convictions to, uh, to accommodate their family member, is not fit to be a Christian. That's right. I said it. Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Don't forget that's KAAMAN, the truth station here in Texas. Let's get ready for our next trivia question. Okay? What? Now remember you had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and you had Daniel in the very beginning of Daniel chapter 1, and they were electing to try and have a different uh 
diet structure than the rest of the people were receiving. What did the boys ask that they could eat instead of the rich foods that came from the king? What were the the what was the meal that they were uh, trying to substitute? Man, that's the way to say it. Uh, be, be for, for instead of getting the king's rich food, what kind of food were they looking to have? You can give me the King James version, or you can give me the. Um, Newer text versions, either one of those are going to be fine. Keep in mind, if you're going to reach out to us, you can't call. Got to say that nice. Can't call. You got to text 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email in to david at hemustincrease.org. In the meantime, I've just got a couple of little church signs that I thought I would share. Just get us back on track on some of our more fun stuff, if that's okay with everybody else. It's kind of got to be because I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, So I want you to just think of these. These are church signs. Some of them are old classic ones you would know, and some of them are uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, Here it is. This is a church sign, okay? It says, no God, N-O. See, no is in no, okay? No God is N-O. No God, no peace. N-O, peace. No God, no peace. But then it says, no God, K-N-O-W, then you can no peace, K-N-O-W. So if there's no God, there's no peace. But if you know who God is, then there is peace. It's a good sign, though. I like it. Uh, this is a great sign. This is not a church sign. This is a C-H blank blank C-H. What is missing? And then the answer is you are. <laughs> See, that's cute. You are, because this is a church. What's missing? You are. Okay. Uh, a couple more things. We'll move on. We've done this one before, so I love it. Moses was one case. <laughs> I love that. And this is a classic. If you don't like the western, try being born again. <laughs> that's great. That's a great church sign. This, uh, though, is my favorite. This will be our last one, so let's uh, let's acknowledge it. Honk if you love Jesus. Text while driving if you want to meet him. <laughs> that great? Honk if you love Jesus. Text while driving if you want to meet him. <laughs> That's so good. That's pretty funny. All right. Uh, what diet did the boys ask that they could go on so as not to eat the rich food from the kings? If you think you know the answer, you can text in 214-210-8483. I think we're doing pretty good, Chris. If there's any problems, let me know. Otherwise, I'm going to go into this text right now. This is in Ezra. This is uh, chapter 10. We talked about this two weeks ago, I think, uh, when we covered it. It says this. Uh, uh, Shemechen, son of Jemel, a descendant of Elam, said to Ezra, We confess that we have been unfaithful to our God. Okay? I just, I've done this before. I'll do it again. I'll do it my whole life. I hope you'll do it your whole life. It's just a strong, strong reminder about where we can be in this walk with the Lord and how quickly we can kind of take the wrong turn or the wrong, the wrong approach. In Peter and in James, it talks about the Lord giving grace 
to those who are humble, but fighting against those who are full of pride. The last thing I want in my life is God and me to be at war over something, since I will never win. It is just a foolish attempt in my mind. And what this gentleman does to Ezra is he says, we confess that we have been unfaithful to God. Owning something is not just a a good way to get the trial moving and get through it. It's also a character that God likes to see. He likes to see his children own it. One of the things that I absolutely, positively cannot stand about politics, poly meaning many, ticks being blood-sucking insects, I cannot stand that there are almost no politicians anywhere, not every one of them, but almost none of them anywhere, that will ever just take responsibility and said, I did this wrong. It's my fault. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, wow, wow, what a refreshing thought that would be, that somebody would be honest and would own something. When we do something wrong and we own it, God works with us. When King David was confronted with his sin by Nathan the prophet, and when Nathan said to him, Thou art the man, King David said, You're right. When Saul was confronted with his sin, he said, Well, I was afraid of the people, and then this happened here, and then they didn't like me here, and he started giving excuses. The attitude that God wants you and I to have when we have something that we've been confronted or challenged in that you know is the Lord is just to say, yeah, yes, I did that. I did that wrong. So I'll give you a nice example, uh, and I'll tell on myself. So as I mentioned before, Noel has just been lights out great. But I can be very challenging. Have you not figured that out yet? I I would be surprised. And so the other day she said, you're ramping up or you're gearing up towards, you know, fighting against everything I'm telling you not to do on your leg. You've got to stop doing this. You're going into that independent mode. You're, You're doing all that. And, boy, I didn't want to hear that. Who wants to hear that from his wife? But she was right. And I was, I was getting to a point where it's like, okay, enough of this. I'm, I'm going to have to take over and I'm going to have to do stuff. And it's that pride in me that just says, no, I, I, I can't be dependent. I don't want to be dependent on anybody. I've got to get the stuff done. And then she confronted me on that, and I didn't reply right away. And she didn't confront me like mean or anything. But the idea was when I went into my prayer, my devotion, I knew she was right. I should have just owned it and said, yeah. Okay, yeah, I got to stop doing that. And that's how we have to be, even if it's with our spouse, our best friends, our children. Ooh, I know that touched a nerve. Or our parents or our friends. When we're doing something and it's wrong, instead of fighting in pride to justify it, just own it. Because what comes next in portion in Ezra is the, one of the greatest turns in 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 scripture and we're going to we're going to get to that in the next section but in the meantime for you and I in our daily walk and in our confrontation with our own foolishness and our own sin when the holy spirit's challenging us 
instead of justifying, instead of blaming God, which many of us, we blame God and justify ourselves, just like Job, instead of doing any of that stuff, just say, you know what, I really need to do that better. I'm not doing as good a job as I need to do. And that's exactly the attitude that the Lord is looking for. That's the difference between King Saul and King David. That's the difference between God fighting for you and for me or against me or against you. That attitude of humility, that humility that Jesus demonstrated, that he told us to walk in, to be like in that humble position and just, yes, you're right, I got to do better. Because if we acknowledge that, if you look at the, at, at the uh, Sermon on the Mount, we'll understand that we're blessed. We're happy. We're blessed when we recognize our spiritual position and that we mourn inside of us and that we weep over that we've done poorly and that we need to do better. We will be blessed because God will raise us and strengthen us and put our feet upon a rock. That's fantastic. All of that. And so my, my admonition, be better than I was this weekend. Be better than you've been in the past. Reflect ownership like King David did. He's not going to abandon you. It doesn't drop your spiritual points, which would be wrong to be thinking in the first place. It makes you more authentic. It makes you more real. It makes you more honest and earnest and you own it and you own it with your friends with people you fellowship with with your family if you do it wrong own it just be that be mature enough i'm not all the time but i know i need to do better and i can do better and so i ask not just for forgiveness all response forgiveness Tell me to own it and do a better job instead of running away from you and hiding and then blaming somebody else which is everything that took place in the garden. Ouch. Right? Okay. Trivia. What was the boy's diet that they wanted instead of the food, the rich food from the king? They wanted to eat what we would say is either pulse or vegetables, the divine vegetables, you might say. They were, they were asking to eat that instead of what the world's food was. And, of course, at the end of... Ten days, they looked better than everybody else. Sometimes it's not just the taste. Sometimes it's what's, uh, what's working inside of us and who's working inside of us that makes the difference. So vegetables or pulse, that'd be good. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at a thousand miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable, but then the show starts and you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. 
My next guest has been on the show before with a prior book. I'm very excited to talk to him about this book. I've seen a couple of the interviews that he's done, and this book is a great apologetic book on Christology, and I'm hoping that people will really enjoy this. First and foremost, let's welcome back to our show David Lima. David, how are you doing, sir? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Excellent book, by the way. Big props for writing Thank the true you. Jesus, uncovering the divinity of Christ in the Gospels. I I know they give me a list, and I know you know they give a list for us to ask questions, but uh, if you remember from the last time you were on the show, I, I rarely look at that list. <laughs> so just, no, that's good. Because yeah, I'd like to get from, from you as the author, you know, kind of where it was going and what you were thinking. So let's just talk about at the core level, you know, for the purpose of writing this book, what was the big goal you were trying to accomplish in writing The True Jesus? Well, I started out, I wanted to write a, a, a primer, a survey, an introduction to the New Testament. And as I got into it, I realized that I could not cover it adequately with sufficient depth. So I asked the publisher, Gregory, if I could narrow the focus to just the Gospels, uh, because the Gospels are where you see the living Son of God and you encounter Him. Uh, and you, you sit at His feet and, and hear His teachings and you watch Him uh, and you observe his behavior and his authoritative teaching and his empathy for human beings, and you see his declaration of divinity uh, and why he, uh, he he led the, the Jewish authorities to want to crucify him because he was, in fact, claiming to be God because he is God. And so I want his divinity and his full humanity to, to jump off the pages uh, in, of my book. And it, the book is a, is a compendium of the four Gospels, in a consolidated account, not attempting to be a harmony, which uh, you can't totally do, uh, and in a roughly chronological form, the ultimate goal, and with with a running commentary, the ultimate goal is I want people, I want to inspire people to read the Gospels and the Bible for themselves. Welcome back. To the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770 here in Texas. Uh, let's see. We got a lot to cover. Let's get to our next trivia question. Uh, this one's going to be actually a little harder, and the one after it's going to be a little easier. Okay? So I'm telling you now, this one's going to be a little harder, the one after it, a little easier. When Nebuchadnezzar had his dream, when Nebuchadnezzar, some people know I call him Nebi the Cow, when Nebi had his dream, the third kingdom, what was the metal represented for the third kingdom in his dream? What was the metal? That was represented. You might have to go to Daniel 2 to do a quick refresher on that. What was the metal? So there's a certain kind of metal. You know, what, what, what was the metal? Give you a chance to check that out. Uh, again, Daniel 2. You want to find out what was the third one. Okay, so you had the helmet, you had the uh, the neck and the chest, then you had the abdomen, the arms kind of thing. What's the third one? That's all I'm looking for. In the meantime, uh, Chris, let's go ahead and play our history sound, and we'll do a little history. How about that? Let's go All right, now 
Now, in theory, these are um, things that took place on this date uh, all throughout. Today is supposed to be National Authors Day. For those that do not know, I do have a second book out there. Uh, you can just go either to the website, which I can't remember. Did I put it on the website? Yeah, I put it on the website. Plus, also, you can go to uh, a couple of different uh, places, uh, like I think you can get it on the Amazon site if you type in David Spoon. Uh, but there's another book out there. It's called The Jewish Christian. The Jewish Christian. And it's uh, several chapters, 10 chapters on just more of the Lord, more of the Lord in your life. That's the whole idea behind the book. So we encourage you to check that out. It is also National Deep Fried Clams Day. I used to actually like that when I was a young boy and we would go to like uh, Howard, the Howard Johnson's, the Howard Johnson hotels. They had uh, uh, restaurants there and they had the deep fried clam rolls, which I used to really like. So I'm one of those people that like it. Today is Extra Mile Day. Go the extra mile. Do a little bit more is the idea behind that. Comes out of the text where Jesus said, you know, go with them twain. If somebody asks you to go to a mile, go with them too. Uh, also, it's International Scented Candle Day, which I guess is impressive for my wife because she loves candles that have scents on them. It's a different scents, uh, uh, especially like the pumpkin-y kind of stuff. And it's also National Cinnamon Day. For those that are interested or want to know, uh, on this day in 1800, John Adams became the first United States president to live in the executive mansion, which was later renamed the White House. Okay. Uh, 1959, on this day, after being struck in the face with a puck, hockey goalkeeper Jacques Plante wore a protective mask for the first time in all professional play. Uh, so that's uh, where that came from. And then finally in 1968, although an exceedingly failed way, uh, the movie rating system was first implemented by Hollywood. Now, of course, we all know that kind of means nothing. Uh, let's see. That's that. That's that. That's that. Trivia question. The third image. The third image, okay? Uh, when Daniel was interpreting the dream, the king had a dream, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. He gave, there was three, there was actually four total, five images technically, but four major images. What was the third one? What was the third, what was the medal? I told you to be a little tougher. That's okay. In the meantime, while you're reviewing that, Chris, let's make sure that everybody knows that financially, Financially, uh, we're, we were able to pay our bill on uh, last week on Thursday, Thursday or Friday. I think it was Thursday. We are real low, and that does happen. Like when I'm not in there, and you know, pushing on people to give. And I hate to say it that way, but when you're doing that, you know, the money kind of goes down, and we got to be really careful. So uh, we encourage people to give. So please check out the advantages we have on the website. Check out the different things. Uh, there's some encouragements there. There's some different things that I think will be a blessing for you. Please go to hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okie dokie. So here's this next portion of the text I want to get into. Uh, you do have a chance to answer that trivia question. What was the third image made of that King Nebuchadnezzar saw that Daniel gave the interpretation for? Uh, there, there's two slash answers. There's 
two ways you can say it, and I'm going to give both of them out, so that's okay. Uh, here's the one thing I want to pick up on on this uh, Ezra portion where they're confessing. They, they, they acknowledge, hey, we did wrong. We've eat, we, we eat the sin. We know it's wrong. We know we've done wrong. This is also, okay, this is also what was spoken right after we were unfaithful. For we have married these pagan women of the land. Now listen to this. But there is hope for Israel in spite of this. Let us now make a covenant with our God. There is hope for Israel in spite of this. Now, this is the thing this, I cannot teach this and give it justice, nor can you receive it and give it justice, nor can you communicate it and give it justice, just so you know. God is a God of hope. Hope has uh, different acronyms, you know, heaven orchestrating, you know, uh, uh, you know, perfect uh, experiences and so on and so forth. People have all these different ones. I, I, I got it. Here's what I would tell you about hope. Hope, easily understood, and how you use it with faith, is hope is a better tomorrow. That whatever you're going through that you need hope for, that there is better that is coming. And God is a God of comfort and a God of hope. And the scripture says in Hebrews that that hope is an anchor to our soul. Anchors keep things steady, keep the boat steady in the midst of the winds and the waves and the storms. And in spite of some of the things that you and I have done, in spite of some of the actions we've taken or the words that we've spoken or the attitudes that we had or the bad responses that we've had in the past, there is hope because for us and praying for us is Jesus. A lot of people forget that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for his people. Jesus is speaking on your behalf, representing you, talking for you, so to speak. Your defense eternity, your your defense eternity, your, your the person that is the the person that is your uh, protector. And there is always hope. And you might be in a situation, and I've been in these situations, and I think many people have, where you look at it and you just you just you can't see it. But you have an advocate with the Father, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he is your defense attorney. And he is the one that enables you to say there's something beyond this. He's the one that endured the cross, despising the shame because of the joy that was set before him. He is the example of what we have to operate in to get to that next place so we can get out of the darkness and into the light. He is our answer for no hope. He is our hope. He not only will get us through a circumstance, but we will get to the end of life where most people think life ceases, and we will find out that it is sleeping and not cessation. We will find out that there is life beyond this life, and we embrace it and enjoy it because of Jesus Christ. 
And that eternity that's operating in your life right now comes about because of the redeeming work of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working inside of you through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ sent by the Father so that you and I can operate at a different place, a different level, a level of spiritual that the world has rejected, a level that says there is something else going on, bigger, brighter, stronger, wiser, more powerful, and the Lord will reveal it. Our position as Bible-believing, born-again Christians is to never forget that the hope that we have because of Jesus Christ is eternal. What that means is it's not just that we hope for eternity, it's that we have hope eternally for now and for later. That's why the scripture says, be ready to give an answer to any man who asks you, what is the hope that is inside of you? Why, it's Jesus. He's my hope. He helps me now. He helps me later. And you can say to me, Dave, I've been in this situation for 10 years or 20 years, or I've been in this uh, sin that I can't seem to get out of, and I never see any kind of daylight, or I've been in this financial rut, and I can't break through. And the answer is always, through God, there is yet the opportunity to break through the shackles, to push down the door that keeps all the goodness away. It is in Jesus that we have our hope. And our hope is as steadfast as Jesus is. Wow! Get that? All right. Third image. Third image of the statue. You could say one of these two, both of them would write, but it would be either bronze or brass. Either one of those would work out just fine. So the first one was gold. The second one was silver. The third one, brass slash bronze. The fourth, iron. And the fifth, iron and clay. And that's out of that section is when the kingdom of God little little rock was formed that would grow into the massive kingdom of God, which it has. Folks, you're listening to the David Swin Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Going to take a short break, then come back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn 
and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to us time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Do you think it's been, organizational leadership has been a good thing for church leaders? Well, I'll tell you what, it's a penetrating question. The answer is very simple. If used correctly to add value to people and serve others, it's a good thing. If used incorrectly, it's not a good thing. And, uh, you know, when people talk about everything rises and falls on leadership, I teach them often that it rises, but it also falls. And nothing is better than for people to have a good leader, and nothing's worse than for people to have a bad leader. And the, to me, what, what makes servant leadership work is this. Most leaders put themselves first before their people. And so it is a me uh, motivation as far as leading what's in it for me. Uh, I, I travel internationally with my uh, company, Equip, and, and uh, in fact, I'll, I'll leave Sunday for Guatemala. In fact, I'll be meeting next week with the president and the cabinet of Guatemala. And when I'm, when I'm with these leaders alone, David, Alone. I mean, no, no handlers, no media, nothing, but just alone. The question I ask them, which is, I think, the true servant leadership question is, will the people be at, better off after you've served your term as a leader than they were before you got there? Wow. And, and I think that's – and when the answer is yes, you have been a good leader, it has been a good thing. Organizational leadership, a good thing. When the answer is no, bad leader, bad thing. And if you can't shout sight, you'll have to fight. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM, the truth station here in Texas. And this question is going to be a little bit easier, but there is an actual madness to the method, which makes me feel sorry for most of you. What book in the Bible follows Nehemiah? As I will tell you now, that is a book that we are going to be doing some expository teaching on. What book follows Nehemiah? If you think you know, if you don't know, look it up. Uh, what book follows Nehemiah? Uh, you are welcome to text in 214-210-8483. Our, our gals, Joy, Anne, and Cordelia, strong all the way through the show, as they often are. They are some of the brilliance of the trivia crew that get to listen to the show and respond to the show. We appreciate them very, 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 very much. Uh, you can text in, by the way, 214-210-8483. You can also send an email. Email. Well, not a lot of people send the email I know this, but you can do it if you want to. And that is uh, david at he must increase.org. That is a great way to go about it. Everybody who's texting in is getting the answer correct. And that's important because, as you guys should have figured out by now, there will be some direction we move in that. We're uh, going to be getting involved in uh, other books that we're going to be teaching. We're actually coming to a close on one, two, three of them, and so we're going to be adding uh, some very cool, what I think, they're all cool, but really cool uh, books that we're going to be jumping into as well. I want to get into this next section. I want to be really careful how I do it because I'm not that smart, and you need to be smarter than me in this process that I'm going to share, okay? This is, I'm putting this on you guys. 
Isn't that nice of me? Uh, I thought you'd appreciate that. Okay, the text, this is text, and Ezra says this. This is what they say. We will follow the advice given by you and by the others who respect the commands of our God. We will obey the law of God. Take courage, for it is your duty to tell us how to proceed in setting up things to straighten them out. We will cooperate fully. This is in response to Ezra. If you guys don't remember a little bit back, he was so mad because people were breaching the commands of God, he pulled his own hair off of his beard and off of his head. He was so mad because the people of God had breached the commands, and now the people of God are coming back to him with humble spirits, with right attitudes, the right disposition, and now listen to what they're saying. And the reason that I bring this up and and, and bring me into this, you'll understand in a second. It says, we will follow the advice given to you by the others. Given, We will follow the advice given by you and by others who respect the commands of God. We will obey the law of God. Take courage, for it is your duty to tell us how to proceed in setting things straight, and we will cooperate you get to listen to this show from some of you. Some of you, it's fun. Some of you, it's challenging because you're just waiting for the next show to start. I love you anyway. Here's the bottom line. I'm a big brother in the Lord. I'm not your pastor. I'm not your teacher teacher. I'm your big brother there to encourage you, give you insight when I can. There are people in your lives, like your pastor, like different people God has placed throughout your life. Those people have great things to share, and I want you to understand that God will use them to speak to you. God uses everybody that I've come across to speak to me, which I think is the most fun. And what you need to communicate to them from time to time is exactly this. You know what? Don't ever hold back. If you've got something you've got to say, if there's something we need to hear, if there's some changes we need to make, if there's something we need to do to draw closer to the Lord, to do a better job in obeying the commands of God, to being more honorable towards the Word of God, if you've got suggestions, if you've got wisdom, if you've got leadership, if you've got a way to direct us, please do. Please do. And the idea behind that is there is a humility to learn. And I want to bring this up because this is a huge, I think a huge, huge, huge issue. Right? Most of you know I'm in the end of my doctorate program. It's not that I didn't read the Bible 90 times before I went into it. It's not that I couldn't go through the Greek and the Hebrew. It's not any of that. It's just that we don't reach the point where we know so much that we don't need to be taught. Jesus didn't need to be taught. We need to be taught. Paul was learning lessons. John, after being a disciple for 60 years, was still learning lessons. We all have much to grow in. We all have much to learn. Uh, And I encourage you to encourage people in your life that teach and that direct you and that 
help you to obey the commands of God, to encourage them to say whatever you got to say, whatever's on your heart. Now, you know what happens, and I know what happens. We've been, we've been watching this stuff for years. People heap on themselves, teachers, and these people have, you know, teachers, they have tickling ears. They want to hear the things that make them sound great. They want to hear wonderful things. They're always fantastic. Everything's always uh, wonderful. There's never any trouble. There's never any problems. Nobody's ever crying. It's like, okay, but none of that has anything to do with Christianity at all, and we as a people need to be aware that we don't want to be a people that heap on ourselves uh, uh, teachers that will tickle our ears and that will make us feel better. We want to know what we need to know to draw closer to the Lord. We want the Lord. The Bible says open rebuke is better than secret love. We want God to discipline us if we need to be disciplined, if that's going to draw us closer to God. Because whenever this becomes about us, instead of us drawing closer to him, we're missing it. And so if you've got a teacher, you'd be willing. You didn't tell your teacher, I love it. Teach you. Go ahead. Never, never hold back. You have a requirement from the Lord to respond to these teachings that the Lord brings into your life. He brings them to you for a reason. He brings people in your life for a reason. And the attitude that Israel takes on after they recognize, yeah, we kind of, we've blown this pretty bad. We're going to make a commitment to follow the advice that's given that comes from our leaders to, so, so that we can result in obedience to God. It's not so that it can result in obedience to the leader. It's so that it results in obedience to God. And in that relationship, that's what's enhanced. That's why that's how you watch for a cult. A cult will be anybody that's uh, any leader that's trying to get people to do what the leader says so they can be more like the leader. Yeah, well, we have one leader. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the only superstar, and no flesh shall glory in his presence. And it's like, no, nope, just Jesus. And we want to be taught that. We want to learn those things. And even if the lesson is hard, believe me, I don't I think I'd like it when... <laughs> The Lord, doing this, somebody calls me up, you should be doing it, like when it's from the Lord, it's like, I, I, it hurts at the moment, but it helps me draw closer, it helps me be sensitive. Don't be so smart that there's not more to learn. Don't be so smart that there's no more learning you need to do. You won't need to learn when you're face-to-face with Jesus. Until then, we know in part. Then... We shall know him as he is known. So always be willing to grow. Always be willing to learn. Never reach that plateau of, oh, I get it all, or I'm a super seasoned Christian. You know how you know a person's not a super seasoned Christian? If they ever say, I'm a super seasoned Christian, they're not. That's how you know. Because know a real Christian would go, closer I get, the dumber I realize I am. Now, that's the person you want to follow, because at least that person gets it. And so they said to the leaders, they said to Ezra, we'll follow it. We're going to do what you say. We want to follow the commands of the Lord. We're going to heed what you have to say. Don't hesitate to teach us. Don't hesitate. Don't pull it back. Let us have it. Let us know so that we can make sure that we stay on track. Every once in a while, a sharp warning is a powerful statement of love from God. Think of it that way. He's not warning you to take your fun away. He's warning you to help you to stay on track so that you can obey his commands. That's what he wants, right? 
I just, it, it sounds like a weird thing to say, but encourage your teachers. Let them know that you appreciate that. Let them know, let your pastor know you can go up after church, after everybody's done talking to your pastor, and say, thank you for that. And don't ever hesitate to give us the full counsel of God. We love it. We need it. We want it. That blesses the pastor. That blesses the teacher. That encourages them. Be an encourager along those lines, okay? Okay. I know that makes sense to many of you. Just don't be so smart that you're too smart. That's that's that. You just want to stay away from that. That's just pride, okay? Nobody needs that, okay? All right. Okay, not overly complex. What is the book that would follow Nehemiah? So you have Ezra, and then you have Nehemiah. The next book is Esther. And so I can tell you right now that Esther is going to be one of the books that we're going to be getting involved with uh, and doing uh, some teaching out of. We're also going to be doing Romans. We're also going to be doing First and Second Timothy. Uh, and then we are most likely going to end up doing Genesis sooner than later. So there's uh, many books. And if there's something that you really, really, really like, oh, man, I really want to learn a little bit more about this stuff. Can you talk about this? You can always go on the website, hemusincrease.org, and the little contact us. We don't share your information or anything. Let me know and say, hey, I'd like to learn about this, that, whatever. We'll be glad to look it over and see how we can put it in the schedule. That's just how we want to do it. I want this show to be a blessing for all of us, myself included. I want to be blessed doing it and listening to it and, and being a part of it along with you. Okay? Esther is the answer on the final trivia. All right? We survived our Monday on the phone. Good job. I know it's not perfect, but it's what we got. May the Lord bless it continually. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a short 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll be back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.